Welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not A Noun, changing the narrative of men of color and fatherhood, but also changing the narrative on the things I care about. And on this episode of Dad Is Not A Noun, I want to take a moment and just appreciate the importance that Gullah Gullah Island played in my life and in my cousin's life. It was one of the best uh, children educational shows when it came out in 1994. It just brought something different when it came to to shows at that time. And so on this episode of Dad Is Not A Now, I wanted to give a nice little history on Gullah Gullah Allen, which won numerous awards and became one of the most popular shows on Nickelodeon. So enjoy it, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you, peace. All for you, yeah, yo. There whenever it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't protect you, so you never feel like you wasn't. No, I'm right alongside you. Here but that, I hum behind you, but always got you. Hinder discussion, nothing means more. First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for. Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours, and know that I ain't see a better view yet. I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret. Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak to change what a partake. Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway. My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you. For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still in all, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. the early 90s, and for those involved in making children's television, business was booming. Channels like PBS, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and Disney Channel cornered the market on programming aimed at children. There were a wide variety of entertainment options for kids, and not just on Saturday mornings. Every day of the week, preschool-aged children could tune into their favorite shows. Most programming followed a familiar templated approach. Segments featuring counting, learning and reciting the alphabet, and identifying colors and shapes were often built into every episode to aid child development. Educational content was king, and the majority of children's television followed that approach. However, there were a few programs that decided to venture off the beaten path. One of these would emphasize the power of family, community, so culture, and song. Yeah. This show yeah. would always have There would never it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't. Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't. No, I'm right alongside you. Here but that, I'm behind you, but always got you. End the discussion. Nothing means more. First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for. Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours. And know that I ain't see a better view yet. I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret. Know that you covered. Not a hurdle or a heartbreak to change what a partake. Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway. My job is to aware you. Fully loaded, prepare you. For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still in all, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. Growing up, it was a culture that Ron Days actively wanted to escape. It was common for many children growing up on the island to be taught that in order to succeed, they would need to hide aspects of their Gullah Geechee upbringing. For Ron, that meant changing his distinct and melodic way of speaking. Gullah Geechee had developed a language that Ron, at the time, considered to be riddled with broken English. 
Unique words and phrases that Sea Islanders used were not easily understood by the rest of society. When Ron attended Hampton University in Virginia, he hoped to avoid the stereotypes that often plagued his people. Fearing that his dialect would betray him and label him as uneducated, he tried to hide his origins. But Ron soon learned that he was unmistakably Gullagichi. It set him apart from the crowd and made him stand out in a way that he would come to realize was important to who he was. Natalie Eldridge was born in 1961 in Rochester, New York. When she was in her early 20s, she took a bus down to South Carolina to visit her extended family and help care for her ailing grandmother. Although having never visited before, Natalie instantly felt connected to the coastal region. While attending a local church service, she met one of the members of the choir, Ron Days. Their connection was immediate. Both had a penchant for singing and performing, and their friendship quickly blossomed into a romance. Around this time, Ron was just beginning to dive headfirst into embracing his heritage. For him, Golgichi culture was no longer something to be embarrassed about. Instead, it was an important aspect of American history that needed to be celebrated and remembered. He was even working on his first novel, to be titled Reminiscences of Sea Island Heritage, Legacy of Freedmen on St. Helena Island. Ron was on a mission to document and preserve the history of his island culture and people, and his new partner Natalie was fully on board to help spread the word. The couple soon married in 1985. From early on in their relationship, both Ron and Natalie found that they harmonized well together. The pair formed a duo that specialized in songs and storytelling rooted in Gullah Geechee tradition. Although Natalie was not connected to the culture in the same way that Ron was, she quickly became educated in it. The Daisas started out by telling stories and singing songs for their families and friends, but it wasn't long until the duo began performing for larger audiences. When Ron decided to adapt his recently published book into a live show that he and Natalie could perform, the couple quit their jobs and took their act on the road. The program was called Sea Island Montage. Their focus was on spreading Gullah Geechee awareness and preservation primarily through song and storytelling. Performing across the U.S., both Ron and Natalie were recognized for their talents and their cultural awareness mission. They were natural-born storytellers, and people seemed eager to learn more about the Gullah Geechee. In 1989, the days came across a novelist named Gloria Naylor. Naylor had written a book about the Gullah Geechee people and their community and she was in the midst of adapting it into a screenplay. After Natalie Days connected with her, she was invited to a dinner date with the novelist and her television producer friend, Maria Perez. At the time, Perez had been working with Nickelodeon, attempting to pitch a children's show set on a magical island. When she learned about the Dayses and their performances, she suggested that the duo pitch a show of their own to the network. Natalie initially brushed it off as nothing more than a compliment, but Perez believed that the duo could fill a gap in the expanding landscape of children's media. Less than a year after their initial meeting, the days were visited at their home in Beaufort, South Carolina, by Maria Perez and a few of her television colleagues. These producers had caught wind of the unique storytelling the days were known for, and they spent a day filming the couple and their younger daughter, Sarah. They passed the footage on to Nickelodeon, and after seeing it, the network quickly called them in for an official meeting. Only five weeks after giving birth to their second child, Simeon, the days found themselves in a boardroom in New York City to discuss the possibility of a children's television show with Nickelodeon. Maria Perez had initially been drawn to the setting of a magical island, and now she was convinced that Ron and Natalie should be the stars of the show. The Days were already established as a powerful singing, songwriting, and storytelling duo. Like the couple's other stage performances, this Nickelodeon show would be rooted in Gullah culture. They now had the opportunity to take their passion for their culture and share it on an even bigger scale. It didn't take much persuasion for Nickelodeon to greenlight production on Gullah Gullah Island. Both Ron and Natalie were attached to star and service creative consultants on the program, which went into production almost immediately. Gullah Gullah Island took place on a fictional island, although the real Gullah culture served as the backdrop. Come and let's play together in the bright sunny weather. Let's all go to Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah Gullah Island. 
Ron and Natalie Days portrayed Ron and Natalie Alston, and their TV family consisted of child actors Vanessa Baden and James Edward Coleman II. James would play Ron and Natalie's son, and Vanessa would play their niece. Other cast members included the Days' own children, Simeon and Sarah. Most of the actors kept their first names for their characters. Adding fantasy to the show was the Alston family's yellow and orange speckled polywog friend, Binya Binya, portrayed in costume by actor Philip D. Garcia. Binya is the Gullah word for an island native, meaning been here a long time. Together, they lived on the fictional Gullah Gullah Island in a colorful house. With a large audience of children soon to be watching their show, the days were intent on portraying their culture in an authentic and positive light. Well, I dressed my dolls like people from Africa. It's pretty cool the way the head wrap matches the clothes. Well, a lot of people from Africa wrap their heads in the same fabric they use to make their clothing. The head wrap is called a gale. Gulagul Island premiered on Nickelodeon on October 24, 1994. The 22-minute episodes taught valuable life lessons, with each episode focusing on one story. Topics ranged from how to take care of plants and animals to how to deal with complex emotions like jealousy. It was common for the characters to sing a song about the episode's theme. That's the way it is, you see, friends and family. The characters would also constantly break the fourth wall to talk with the viewer. Ron's role was subversive as a gentle father that explores emotions with his children, in addition to completing household chores like cooking and cleaning. The program was a celebration of family, friends, and culture. Gulagula Island's interiors were filmed at Universal Studios in Orlando, but the exterior locations were often shot in the day's hometown of Beaufort, South Carolina, and Fripp Island just off the coast. One episode even took viewers to the historic city market in downtown Charleston. Head writer Fracaswell Hyman recalled adhering to a fast production schedule, simultaneously shooting two episodes per week. Despite the breakneck pace at which the show came together, Hyman has said that the atmosphere amongst the cast and crew was easy and fluid. Everyone seemed to be on the same page with the kind of show they were making. Ron and Natalie knew exactly the kinds of positive messages they wanted to send to their audience, and their genuine and lovable personas resonated with millions of preschoolers across the country. Combining these elements with the exposure of Gullah Geechee culture, Gullah Gullah Island was a show with a winning formula. The first season of 17 episodes aired throughout the fall of 1994. The show performed well enough to be renewed for a second season. The program had been received positively, although there was one critique. The first season portrayed a picture-perfect family and lifestyle. So perfect, in fact, that the show received criticism for how unrealistic the flawlessness of Ron and Natalie as parents was. This was slightly modified in the following seasons, as the creators agreed that it was important to show youngsters that their parents could make mistakes too. I'm sorry I yelled. But I'm glad you all realize we have to take care of mom today, the same way she takes care of us when we don't feel well. The second season of 23 episodes would begin airing in the fall of 1995. This season would see the intro change from real footage on the island to a more animated blue screen intro. A third season of 12 episodes was picked up to air in 1996. This season introduced a new family friend, Chansom the Pelican, performed by Muppet builder Jim Krupa. Hi, Chansom. Oh, oh boy, Mr. Ron! <laughs> The character became a regular throughout the season. In late 1996, Binya Binya's puppeteer, Philip Garcia, was killed in a car crash. The role of Binya Binya would be given to Justin Campbell. A fourth season of 18 episodes would premiere in 1997, bringing the total episode count to 70. This season, Chansom the Pelican was removed from the regular cast and appeared rarely. Also in 1997, a spin-off of Golgola Island entitled Binya Binya and starring Ron, Natalie, and the popular Pollywog was produced. The show featured more puppet friends, and only five episodes were finished. These only aired once, and the show is considered lost media, with only two out of the five episodes being found. The fourth season of Golgo Island would be the show's last. The final episode would air on January 9, 1998. After production had ended, Ron, Natalie, and Binya Binya would hit the road on an incredible 34-stop Golgo Island live tour. 
while the Golgo Island TV show continued in reruns. Golgo Island merchandise was hugely popular during this time, with CDs and cassette tapes of the show's infectious songs and books that continued the Alston family's adventures on the island. Reruns of the show will continue to air throughout the 2000s. All of the episodes are still available for viewing through Noggin's subscription service. With four seasons and 70 episodes, Golgol Island's cultural impact was strong. During its initial run on Nickelodeon, it accumulated numerous awards and critical recognition, and it was among the highest-rated preschool programs on air during the time. In 1995, it won a Parents' Choice Award. It was also nominated for four NAACP awards, as well as a Daytime Emmy Award in 1997. After the show ended, Ron Days felt pigeonholed into doing children's entertainment, and had difficulty finding work immediately after. While the Days were exceptional singers and storytellers, their market was never specifically children. Their goal had always been first and foremost to educate about Gullah Geechee culture, a mission they still work on today, and the work they did on Gullah Island is still paying off. Even now, the couple was regularly thanked by young adults who had grown up watching the show, which taught them life lessons and educated them on a culture different than their own. More than just learning about Gullah Geechee culture specifically, the show provided a template in the minds of a generation for understanding and appreciating cultural differences in a deeper way than most other children's entertainment had. Gulagichi culture was a part of Ron that he initially believed that he would have to hide, but along with Natalie, he soon found that it was something beautiful worth preserving and celebrating. And with Gulagul Island, millions of children and their parents learned how to celebrate it with them. Yeah, yeah. There whenever it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't. Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't. Know I'm right alongside you. He but that I hung behind you, but always got you. Hinder discussion, nothing means more. First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for. Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours. And know that I ain't see a better view yet. I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret. Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak to change what a partake. Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway. My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you. For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still in all, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. My message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.